Hello, White Sox fans, and welcome into Sox on Tap Sunday Fun Day. It's Giannani. Tony Marchese joining me on this Sunday. Not so fun day. Tony, feeling kind of shitty right now. Shitty's a good word for it, Johnny. It's it's not a pleasant time. It's never a pleasant time when your team can't win a, a baseball series. But uh, here we are, Sunday night, and uh, talking some White Sox baseball. I know you were out at the ball yard today, Johnny. Uh, you were out there with our guy, Steve. Uh, told me before this, you stayed till the end of the ball game today. So uh, kudos to you, and you're now on the show. Yeah, thanks. Um, I would like to report that I've officially thawed out, so that that's good. That's at least a positive uh, here to open up Socks on Tap Sunday Fun Day. Uh, I don't know how many more of those we'll have, but we'll try to have some fun with it here. Uh, Thanks for joining us here on this Sunday evening. Uh, Socks on Tap, presented by ONTAP Sportsnet. Go check out ONTAPSportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Give us a follow on social media, YouTube, on tap Sportsnet, and then on socials at Socks on Tap and at on tap Sportsnet. Housekeeping's done. Tony, let's dive in. I've got a joke to open the show for you. If, hear it. if he ever wins a series, will the White Sox bring out the laundry cart for Pedro Grifol? Big if, but... <laughs> uh, you would you would hope so, right? I mean... It, it's got to be, there's got to be some positives there, but uh, if that's a big, if it's, big a really, if it's a really big, if what does that come in? Like June, is that going to be like a social yeah, media what, thing what, from what, the white tags account? Like what, what are we, in June what, what, when we play we, the Royals or some shit? What are we talking about here? Yeah. That, that's, a, that's actually a good question there. When you talk about what, when's it going to happen? Cause it's been winnable series. And I look back and it's how the hell did we, you know, the best series that we fared best in was like the toughest opponent on paper. Right. In the Astro series open the year, and that, that was a dropped. that was a split. Yeah, that, so not not a win. It was a split, but that was you know probably would we go back and date as the best there. But yeah, I just had to do that, and that's, that's what we're gonna try to have some fun with here since it is Sunday Fun Day at Sox on Tap. So if you got any White Sox jokes that you need to get off your chest, sarcasm stuff like that, uh, drop it in the comment section uh, over on YouTube or Facebook. We'd love to hear um, what you got. But Tony, well, let's get into a little bit of the weekend. Obviously, uh, Sox drop two of three to the Orioles, um, you know, two games that should, should have been wins sandwiched a nice win, a walk-off on Saturday. Um, where a lot of us, a lot of White Sox fans that, uh, you know, listen to the show, interact with us out at the ballpark. So I'm glad everyone got to take that in, but man, uh, it feels bad when you're losing to the Baltimore Orioles here. And I know that they're an improved team and we saw that their ascension kind of coincided with when they came to 35th and shields last summer, right in June. I still think that's a series you need to win. Absolutely a series you need to win. I mean, given um, the the springboard that was a failure to launch that we talked about, uh, you know, before this stretch of the schedule came, Johnny, the White Sox had, you know, arguably two of their best three starting pitchers of the season thus far take them out for you. And you were unable to get the job done for either of them. Uh, two wasted quality starts um, from White Sox pitching this weekend. Uh, a critical time to not close the gap, but sort of keep pace with another team in the AL Central and the Minnesota Twins that looks like they have just about anybody's number uh, early on in this season. Just unacceptable. I mean, there were loss. These were leads that were pissed away that turned into losses. Um, and, and what do we always say? You're only as good as your last envelope. Um, and I think that that's why Sunday's loss, today's loss in particular, um, feels sort of empty for you. If you're a White Sox fan right now, you could have had, uh, your first series win uh, of the season and, uh, on the back of a walk-off extra inning victory on Saturday and vibes during this entire season would have been at an all-time high at this very moment. Um, the Sox just seemingly are unable to string wins together, and that is sort of a concerning sign early on, Johnny. You're on mute, bud. 
I like the comment that we got in here and kind of accentuates what you're talking about. You know, the, the highs versus lows here. And Matthew Lucas from YouTube says white Sox culture sucks. It's top down issue uh, falling apart when adversity hits, nothing works right together. Yeah. Uh, we, Besnick and I talked a little bit about that when we looked ahead to the weekend and, you know, uh, uh, we're recapping the series in Minnesota and we had said that the fa- all facets of the game just can't click at once. It's only one thing, right? The starting pitching is good. Well, offense will dry up. Uh, we bang out, you know, four home runs at Pittsburgh while we're giving up like, you know, 15 hits and 12 runs. So um, it's just, I think that's a good way to kind of summarize all that there um, in that uh, comment there. So appreciate that. Uh, Besnick says every one of these week uh, weekends games was winnable. I agree with that. Sox insane. And uh, I mean, you could say that we, Tony, you and I have talked multiple. I think we, we had a show previously. It wasn't from uh, this past series, but um, where we, it was titled white Sox lose another winnable game. Right. That was like early on already. That's a theme and I don't like it. It's a very, very common theme with this baseball team so far in 2023. Um, The one that I hate the most, and I will probably continue to beat like a dead horse throughout the rest of this season. Should the trend continue, man? I mean, these were all winnable games there. You can't sit here and tell me that they could not have swept this series. Right. They, and you know, I really wish they would have, because like I said, with with the Orioles, it's not that I disrespect them or don't think they're a good team, but with the circumstances where you're at, no, right now are already kind of digging yourself a hole. You hate to say that in the first, you know, two and a half weeks of the season, but here we are going, uh, you had a golden opportunity, um, today, if you could have just taken two of three, uh, taking care of business today and you would have been three games back. But instead, uh, even though Cleveland and Minnesota suffered losses, you lose as well, and you remain at that four games back there. So that, you're, that's a, you're a meme guy, Johnny, right? Yeah. You like uh, Family Guy. Yeah. Right. You do? I've got a joke for you. Every time yeah, I look funny. at this this past weekend and I, I sit there, I think of that uh, that meme where uh, Peter Griffin's sitting there and you got the horse drink in the water and says, that's nasty. You can't have that. That's nasty brand of baseball. <laughs> it is, dude, especially the manner in which they have lost. You know, you, you get a great story. And uh, you know what? Actually, I think I might need to take some blame. Because going into this, when Besnick and I previewed this weekend series, we were looking for some positives after, because that was a bad loss of Minnesota, right? On that Wednesday finale there. We're looking for some positives heading into the weekend. We said, okay, the White Sox are 5-0 and entering this weekend in games started by Mike Clovenger and Dylan Cease. Two of those guys are bookending the series. So I think our fault, maybe my fault, should I take some blame here? Since I don't know if anybody in the clubhouse is, if it's not Lance Lynn. <laughs> I don't think you can, Johnny, because if we've learned one thing, no one here is held accountable for any of their actions. Okay. Um, in the city of Chicago or with the Chicago White Sox organization. You can't hold anybody accountable for anything. It's just sort of a free-for-all at this point. Um, it's it's really interesting that you talk about how you've got the two White Sox starters that should win these ball games, And then you've got Michael Kopech, who's sort of struggled so much like, so far this season. And he's the one that you wind up winning a baseball game for. (laughs) That's so White Sox right there. That is. is, How many uh, people got screwed on bets this weekend? I'm sure plenty. Yeah, I mean, dude, like I said, it it goes back to that. At this point, it's like I wouldn't – if you're going full series, like looking ahead, man, this is a day-to-day thing. You know, a lot of guys are day-to-day on the White Sox. I think the, uh, you know, your betting temperature is going to have to be day to day with this team. And even then they'll probably find a way uh, to piss it away. Like today, get out to a four run lead. You probably want to hammer some, you know, White Sox lines there. <laughs> Not a good idea if you did uh, because the offense dried up. But I think that just being there today, it, it was so exciting at the get go. And, you know, we love to hashtag set the tone here at Sox on Tap Tony. We were amped. We saw some early fireworks twice, and we did with guys on base, too. Gavin Sheets of the three-run shot. That was fun. That was good stuff. Jake Berger had got, had got the hat trick of home runs for the weekend. After that, nothing. Sebi Zavala in the ninth inning, right? Was he the only one? I think he was the only one that got to second base after the first inning for the White Sox. That's sad. Just fucking unacceptable on every single level of anything imaginable. I don't understand how you can set the tone and then completely just fall so flat on your face like this offense does so often, man. 
it's funny to me, and I said this to you before the show started. Gavin Sheets likes to show up in games where it feels like the rest of the offense just fails to show up in. And you saw that today, and it was sort of like, to me, I'm sitting there thinking in the back of my mind when he hit that home run, like, that's going to be it. I was pleasantly surprised when Jake Berger uh, sort of piled on with it. But those two guys sort of work in tandem sometimes when it comes to this sort of, I don't know if you want to call it luck or the rest of the offense just being unable to put things together. It'd just be nice to see the complete package like just once. Just once. Right. Uh, we got another one here for bullpen has been around his fielding. Not good either. You could talk about Jake Berger there. And you know what? I love that he is providing power for the White Sox. That aspect of it, I think everyone can appreciate. However, if you go and look at the day, use a minus one on the day for going hockey terms here, Tony, because his error led to two runs against and his home run was only a solo shot. So in today's ballgame, he was a minus one. Yeah, and I mean, it's unfortunate to think about it that way sometimes, Johnny, because it's not just like people sort of amplify the home run, like as it's like this magical thing, but there's really no difference than a home run or hitting a sack fly in terms of, you know, getting a run across the board. But More yeah, when you cooler, that's about yeah, the home run's just cooler. It's got fireworks associated with it. You know, people like to say ball, go fire, team, go fire, that sort of thing. It's just well, it should. More you should. It's it's but more marketable. Then you have teams like the White Sox. That yeah, it's so. it's a little more marketable than the, uh, the old slack fly. But yeah, I mean, when you're minus one on the day, did you really put your team in the best position to right. win? You still have to play with the glove. You still have to do these things. This is why we talk about defensive positioning and, you know, where guys are in the lineup and all these other different types of things. I, one of the most hotly debated topics amongst the Sox on tap group chat is whether or not Jake Berger can stick at third base long-term. I know our guy, Sean Roberts likes to say he's his third baseman. And you and Steve on the other side of that are sort of highly contested on whether or not he even deserves to have a spot in the field. I'll sit there and yeah, sit there right. and go, well, you've got Eli Jimenez, you've got Jake Berger, you've got a bunch of guys that can hit baseballs. But it's, it goes back to that positional thing, man, and, and the roster construction. Right. Yeah. I mean, you can, you can bring it all back to that. And these problems, they run to the top, right? Because when you go and see Gavin Sheets out there and you're upset about Gavin Sheets in left field, don't get mad at Gavin Sheets. You got to be mad at Radio Overfull and then up to Rick Hahn and then up to Jerry Reinstorf. It's got to go up the ladder there. I can get mad at Gavin Sheets, my boy, because there's like a father-son responsibility. Right. And, right. you know, maybe we need to get to balls better. Maybe we need to start working on outfield routes. Um they're you not know, putting it's, it's, him in the best position to succeed is my point. No, they're not. But, you know, sometimes you just got to work harder and credit to Gavin Sheets for for working as hard as he can out there. I know it's it's not easy in, in left field. There's nets. I do want to say he ran down a, a good fly ball over there in the early portions of this ball game today. Didn't fucking kill himself, as we've seen other people do uh, right. when they fall into nets and stuff. So credit where credit is due. I just didn't like some of the routes he took on a couple of different baseballs today that led to some runs as well. Um, if Andrew Benintendi's in the lineup today, Johnny, I think a couple extra balls get caught or cut off a little bit uh, quicker that uh, maybe minimize some run damage. So we could talk about that. We could talk about off days yeah, for I, certain I, guys. I think off days is a good topic because you saw in, was it the series finale at Minnesota, Oscar Colas getting off day. And I'm sorry that, it's once again a problem that stems further up. I mean, shit, we could have. I know he's on the injured list right now, but in theory, could have signed Adam Duvall, right, for some extra outfield depth to have another, you know, guy out there, maybe force Colas to, you know, uh, hit his way into the lineup of sorts. Um, you know, start with that. That goes back to offseason once again. We're talking Rick Hahn, Jerry Reinsdorf here on that level. Um, however, with where the White Sox are right now. I don't want to see Andrew Benintendi or Oscar Colas have a day off. Sorry. Sorry about your body, but that's where we're at right now. I'll ask you an honest question on the air, Johnny. If Tony La Russa was the manager still of the Chicago White Sox, this 2023 squad, do you still think we would see the same type of off days for these same exact players as we did last Ooh. year? Because this was a problem last year as right. well. Yeah, um, that's a good question. Probably. 
because I think it's a collaborative thing that's coming in on these decisions. I mean, obviously the manager is the one that writes out the white card ultimately, but how much sway is coming in from the front office or medical staff? Um, what's going on there? I know that there was various, various number of things flying around yeah. this morning about why people were in and out. And I don't know the truth behind any of that. I would imagine it's just a Benintendi off day. I believe it was only his second one of the year. I think he sat one of those Pittsburgh games, but other than that, he's played every day. So, you know, I do get it in theory, but once again, I go back to where you're at right now. Like <laughs> It feels like it's already slipping. So those are two guys that you probably need in the lineup almost every day. The problem is, is that we, we're force fed a lot of this stuff that came directly out of Pedro Grafal's mouth when he signed as the White Sox manager. And you can go to the the hot quotes, Johnny. In fact, one of them's your favorite about showing up every night at seven ten, right, ready to kick your ass. Um, you can't uh, win a division in April. Like we heard all the we heard all the great stuff, and then the product doesn't fucking match anything that came out of this guy's mouth. Yeah, he likes None consistent, of it. he likes consistency in his lineups. Consistency you, in your you, lineups. Did you did you ever take into consideration the uh cast of porcelain dolls that you have in the dugout? That's not gonna make for a very consistent lineup. Sorry, Pedro. All of the same nonsense that we saw with the 2022 White Sox falling completely flat on their fucking face has been on full display. So far in April of 2023, doesn't matter right now who the manager is. It doesn't matter who is going off today. If it's Gavin Sheets, if it's Jake Berger, they, we got a great comment that just came in from Matthew Lucas. If you could throw it up here, it's it's sort of exactly what I'm going for. Thank you, Matthew. Grifo was always going to be in way over his head. The timeline is off between coaches and players and culture. It's abysmal to watch. And I tweeted this out. I've got a picture of Pedro Grafal and Jeremy Colleton, Johnny. And one <laughs> of the things that there's there's so many striking similarities. And for those who listen to Socks on Tap and, and don't know who Jeremy Colleton is, um, you know, you probably don't want to pick up Blackhawks hockey at this exact moment. But if you look into Blackhawks hockey history, uh, you'll realize that Jeremy Colleton was one of the worst coaches instilled by a GM basically on his way out the door to be a mouthpiece and do everything that the GM wanted him to do to try and appeal to fans and, and, a, and a regime that was sort of, what would you say, Johnny, losing trust with its fan base right. for recent performances? I'd say more rapid decline, what happened during 2022. Before that, it was kind of, you know, on the downswing, but then you, you saw the fan reaction. I mean, come on, you, you'd sell the team signs out there in end of August last year. That's yeah. what I got. I mean, that was rapid decline. <laughs> but here we are once again, Johnny, as, as fans of a Chicago sports organization, and you're sort of watching this guy who really wasn't qualified to come in and take over this position in a contention window by any stretch of the imagination. White Sox fans wanted a thorough search for a new manager when TLR left. This is the best we can do? It looks the exact same. I don't care if the first guy was asleep at the wheel. If this guy's most competent, at his most competent awake, looks exactly the same as what we saw last year, that's, that's not good news. That's not good news at all. It's bad. Okay. It's bad. Okay, is right. Yeah. Okay. Go, going back to one of my favorite lines there, um, Sox and Zane says uh, their first seven o'clock start is in mid-May. So patience, guys. So yeah, after that was it the Astro series? I want to say is when when they come to town. That's when we can start kicking asses. I guess it's only April. So it'll only be April. it'll be seven ten then because that's what he said. That that was a quote. If you did not hear it, it was you know we're gonna prepare every day to kick your ass at seven ten. was and the white Sox couldn't they, they couldn't like cut the end of that off for their promo video the little hype video that they put out on like opening day you remember that because that was a part of it and they had to keep 710 in there 
incompetence all the way up and down <laughs> Dig- digital production <laughs> from the owner straight down to the last fucking reliever in the bullpen down to the social media team i i, I you final can't make this- final period final final you can't make this shit up <laughs> you can't as a baseball fan, just as a human being, you cannot make some of this oh, shit that, up. How funny! Like, it's comical. That that's where the title of this episode is comes from. That we're laughing so we don't cry here. That's that's where I'm at. I'm trying to like take this all in stride, and you know, funny hopefully, how hopefully provide some uh, laughter for you guys because funny. I was funny how Johnny. Yeah, f- funny like we're a bunch of clowns. The clown car rolls up to. 35th and shields and the, i just the, your 2023 I, white Sox get out i i love that johnny today and you and steve missed this because you were at the ballpark um but in the ninth inning we we cut to people playing with balloon animals <laughs> at some point and there was a nice like two three minute feature of jason and steve commentating on a sword fight between an adult couple in the upper deck playing with balloon animals and i just thought it was very poetic for this ball club to be cutting to people playing with balloons that clowns make because it's sort of like a clown show and i'm wondering how long it is until nwi steve is back to Southside clown show yeah interesting that's yeah, that's good development. Foreshadowing, maybe. I like that pickup there and building on that. I was talking to Steve actually, and this was before we even knew that that segment was going on. I think it was in the eighth inning. I'd said this to Steve, and I said, "Sure, it's you know, it's cold, it's you know, damp, it's raining a little bit, spitting on us out there." We were sitting uh, down the third base line, but I said, "One of the only good things about being here at the ends of these games that feel you know already out of reach." is that you don't have to hear whatever nonsense they're peddling in the most tragic White Sox moments of the season. And I told Steve, I would rather opt for a whole half inning of Hawk silence. I would as well. I would as well. You know, that's sort of like the portion of this that's sad to me. Because Hawk didn't retire. He was retired before we got so to says, this point. Right. Yeah. So he says. Um, but... I just I don't want to sit here through this in August because it's going to be so painful. So that's why I'm we, so saw it. we saw it. So I don't cry right now. We we saw it so many times last year. And and granted, I will you know on Jason and Steve, it's not completely them because their producers are in their ears and they have to do something to fill that right. And when you're not playing an exciting brand of baseball, it's you know you, you got to scramble for things to be able to put together there. So it's not all on them. And it's not that I absolutely despise them. I think that there are some great moments that are all you of telling our, me that somebody's all of our that they're paid to do Johnny is know when Aaron bummer comes into a baseball game because shit's about to break loose and we need to find an innings worth of content. Right. Yeah. I mean, they got to be scanning the crowd for all that kind of shit, but they really do You say that like, it's, you know, it was, we're joking here, but actually, yeah. The camera guys and producers, they got to find the shots uh, to be able to use there. So th- that's what they're doing. And obviously you got to cut to that a little quicker when Aaron Bummer's, you know, letting everybody walk around and, uh, you know, but at least he, you know, it, it, the least they could have done was given him a clean inning today though, Tony, I've been told that's a problem before. Oh, wait, I'm telling, I'm being told that he started that inning. Oh, that's tough. <laughs> oh, <oof. laughs> Just into the news desk. Somebody find our producer and let him know that uh, we screwed that one up. Dude, I, I'm i sorry that when it comes to some of these relievers, you get a good solid inning from Keenan Middleton. And I've liked it as long as he can command his stuff. I've, I've liked what I've seen from him. But I also worry about, you know, when is the league going to figure him out? Because he's a guy that doesn't have a great, you know, track record of being able to stick um and be a consistent solid bullpen option hoping that's something that changes this year but once again i won't bank on it um but then your guys that should be your high leverage guys we talk about that right your ego bummer and graveman and lopez and all that well bummer blew it out of the water to the point to where we were there wasn't even a consideration for graveman and raylo here today and that's just really what's it, it 
this guy should be so much better, but it's just not all there in between here in the mentality. And it's so frustrating to watch because he could be one of the most nails guys and he could have a Liam Hendricks-esque vibe to him if he really wanted to after wiping a guy out with one of the disgusting sweepers, as they call it now. But when you don't locate and you have like three guys on base, didn't even record now today, by the way. <laughs> but that's been a, you know, a common theme with him. So seeing stuff like that, and it's not just limited to him, though. There have been other guys that have faltered uh, in crunch time for us, and it's... Uh, you know, wasting some good starts there, wasting some offense in terms of, you know, past series. Um, man, we're in a bad place right now. <laughs> I just sit here and I, I look back at how positive I felt about them moving on from Jose Ruiz. And now I'm sitting here like questioning, could this be a case of like, if, if, if you really want to take that aggressive approach, how many guys can you DFA off of this bullpen for piss poor performance? Because you're sitting there looking like, all right, Jake Diekman, sort of mid-leverage, has been terrible. You can make a case that that guy should get heave-ho out of here. Uh, Aaron Bummer, if these things continue, how long is the leash? Aaron Bummer's probably not going to be let go. There, it, 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 but that's the sad it, part. That's the sad part here, right. man. Is that like none of these options? Even when you start to get to the high leverage guys, Joe Kelly's another name. Like some of the man, I'm like, if if you're talking about the L.A. Dodgers in this situation, a number one, they would have guys in the minors ready to compete and, and tell right. some of these guys that's Hey, you've got to do your job or you're going to lose it. We finally got to the point where it's like, all right, Jose Ruiz, you're gone. What's the next best op- option? We don't fucking have one, but this guy's so fucking bad. We got to get rid of him. And now you're sitting there going, there's no pressure on any of these guys. It goes back to the accountability thing that I said earlier. There's no accountability because there's nobody challenging anyone for their job. And that goes to your point that you bring up fucking almost every day. When does White Sox player development start and stop? No. Does it even begin? That's There you go. That's the question that that you should be asking here. And our guy Voodoo, he's not in the comments tonight. But, Matt, um, I appreciate this one from him. And he always says, White Sox player development stops the moment they sign with the organization. That's that's the key right there. That's what happens. But it goes to your point there when you're talking about, oh, how can you even like move on from some of these guys? You can't because the options in the minor league were signing Alex Calame and Daniel Ponce de Leon as reclamation projects there um, to see if they have anything left in the tank, right? Um, and that's where it's at. When you go and look at Charlotte pitching, maybe outside of Davis Martin, but you know he's got to be a spot starter in case any of those guys go down. Shit. Hey, we've, we've, I know we've talked about injuries, but it's a, you know, position players, mostly obviously Joe Kelly there um, on the IL as well for the bullpen side, but hey, these starters go down. This thing's going to unravel even faster than it already feels like it is. I'm laughing because. <laughs> so you don't cry. cry. <laughs> That's where we're at. That's where we're at on April 16th. It feels bad. Where is Ross Detweiler? Yeah, where where is Ross? Where is Ross Detweiler when you need him? Yeah, that's that's how I feel right now because you're right. You and you just gave me like the scariest moment of like Dylan Cease hits a IL stint. How fucked are we? It's that that's a scary thought. That is a scary thought. If you're if you're listening to this or thinking about it, could you imagine Dylan Cease missing two to three turns through this rotation right now? No. so many people will tune out by the time that's over and i'm sorry we're sitting here already it's april 16th and it's it's i've i've not seen this type of negativity and maybe it's because it's in my own mind now too and i we said this before the show like about positivity and negativity. This is probably the most negative I've felt about this team in God knows how long. 
And I feel yeah. like a lot of people were there before I, I was. I can't, yeah, I cannot believe you didn't really fall off last year because the outside of the little surge that coincided with Elvis Andrews joining the team, um, kind of like Yaz said, you hate to like hear that, but when he said when Tim went down, it felt like kind of like the death punch, right? Um, that's really kind of how it felt there because how long could you weather the Robert you know, on, off, swinging with one hand, stuff like that. Um, and shit, Elvis Andrews could have, you know, he went on a tear when he first came here, but we knew that wasn't sustainable either. And he was one, one of the main guys driving the offense and that, you know, you're in a bad position then because they didn't have any thunder last year. Um, and now we're getting it to this year and it's the not being able to put the complete phases together because they hit home runs bullpen falters when like i said i've already covered it with like and go back to that pittsburgh series and that four home runs in the opener of that pittsburgh series but lucas giolito just happens to have you know most hits he's ever allowed in a game on that start doesn't sean say something along the lines of it's always something right the white Sox are like that triangle meme that you always see where it's like fast cheap and you know effective or whatever you can have two of the three you can't have all of them but you can have two of the three and whichever one it is we're only is allowed gonna... one though in as white sections i think we're only allowed one we're only allowed like one one thing yeah yeah we should that's what it feels like we should recreate that meme there and it's like hitting pitching or defense you get one you get one <laughs> you'll be happy with it you get one of the three pick it that's each and every day as a White Sox fan. Yeah, and then on days like today, you get the one, but only for one inning. So really, really scattered here, really spread thin. It, really it spread starts to get more. Gran- yeah, it starts to get more granular if you're a White yeah. Sox fan. Yeah, you might get a fight in the stands to keep you entertained for a little while. You might get uh, balloon animals from yeah. Jason Benetti, <laughs> but you're not going to get pitching and defense on the same day. Yeah, that's the you know reconciliation we get right in everything else while, while, while you said the word defense there at the end i just need to go back to it again i said it about gavin sheets there but with jake Berger, i'm not sold that he should be playing third base you know and you you highlighted that as well um the bat obviously plays so i understand trying to find ways to work the bat into the lineup while still keeping andrew vaughn and then you got eloy jimenez there but you go and see plays like that today and you get the minus one from Jake Berger. And once again, I, part of it is on him. Obviously he's the guy out there playing that, you know, he's playing the position, got to make the play if you're there. But at the same time is the organization setting you up for your best chance for success. And in that situation, probably not. And I know they're spread thin right now with Hans or Alberto out and stuff, but Romy Gonzalez is technically your best defensive option there right now Romy Gonzalez was a better defensive option in left field today right over Gavin Sheets once you had the lead than Gavin Sheets was and you saw some of the road the 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 lead erode due to you know routes that Gavin was taking towards balls in in left field today I did not I wanted to see more slander on that and I I didn't really see enough of it maybe people at that point were just like fuck it this game's gonna be over with anyway um but it was also the, magnified because Aaron Bummer had already gotten the parade around the bases. Yeah, going, so the, plenty of blame to go around. But my question for you is: Are you putting Jake Berger in the best position to succeed when, prior to Hanser Alberto's IL stint, favoring Hanser Alberto over Jake Berger? Right. That see, this is where it's really tough, man. Because now you can open up a whole nother layer of the dude. Yeah. So now when I, you know, when I look back on it, it's he's got to be there when you're looking at the rest of the cast of those bats that you want in. Right. I'm talking about Vaughn and uh, Eloy there as first base DH. Well, and and on top of of it, though, I'll add to this, man. Who has the better ability to make up for the defensive mistakes? Yeah, right. That's is it Jake Berger or is it Hanser Alberto? Yeah, it's Jake Berger for sure. No doubt. Obviously, you saw it. The hat trick of home runs this weekend. So props to him. I, that's, I want to make that clear because it's love the bat. It plays. It's got pop. It's got thunder, which I love. We need that this year. 
Now, if some of those other guys start picking it up, start hitting some home runs, I thought we were on a better trajectory looking at the Houston series, looking at the uh, Pittsburgh series, you know, even though not all of those contests went our way, I was like, damn, we're thumping the ball around the yard a little bit here. And I thought that might be something that could help this team turn the tide a little bit because, you know, offense can be contagious and the momentum that it generates can also increase morale in the clubhouse, but they found a way to erase their own morale that they create like early in the game today. Yeah. And I mean, getting injured doesn't hurt either. I mean, one of the guys that was, you know, pumping the ball around the ballpark, Johnny was Yoan Moncada, great world baseball classic comes into that Houston series. I felt like he was sort of playing against Jose Abreu in that Astros series. Like, you know, I I want to I want to play up against this guy who was you know my former teammate, chose to leave here, and ever since that, I mean, there there were a couple moments, I think, in the San Francisco series where Yon showed up, but then we got the same disappearing act that we've gotten for years on end with this guy. This is supposed to be the you know odd year where you know he's one of the right, guys yeah, that carries the club. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, now, yeah. Just do some math on a yeah. Sunday night at what time is it? Uh, it's getting close to ten o'clock. It's that's not easy. So I give you some credit for doing maths. I wasn't even gonna say odd, uh, but my brain somehow got there. Wait, before. no, you see, you've seen the post, right? That it's odd year Mancata when he you know, things yeah. were going okay in the first series, and then you get the IL stint, and it's okay. It's every year. <laughs> this is what Yohan Mancata is, Mancata. <laughs> <laughs> laughing so I don't cry it's so fucking frustrating I, I feel like I feel like literally the guy in the uh what is it the animal house meme like drink yeah. yes my advice to you is start drinking heavily <laughs> here we go <laughs> yeah we've got a good comment in from Matthew Lucas that I want to get to here John yeah. I got some thoughts on it go ahead go ahead and pop it up there there it is. Putting players in a position to succeed means well-thought-out planning. Let's not hold this franchise to such a high standard. There's a lot for me to unpack with this, man. A couple of things that come to mind, Johnny. You're a big planning guy. Right. You're a big planning guy. In fact, I think you've got, like, the rule to success in life. <laughs> and uh, why don't you let the listeners know what that is? It's the seven, seven Ps, right? It's... uh proper prior planning prevents piss poor performance right so that in and of itself whenever i see the word planning that's the first thing that that comes to my mind i fall victim to this i know a lot of other people do i'm not as organized as johnny is but uh it, it is something that that does make sense here the second portion of this is let's not hold this franchise to such a high standard and my first reaction to that and i want to hear yours too but my first reaction to that is we fucking should. We should hold them to that high of a standard. They, they, we pay to go watch this team play. We spend so much time talking about them. There's other teams in this league that are run on less budgets than what the White Sox are. We should hold them to that standard. Right. But yeah. also the whole planning portion to this would mean that they have to actually be taking it seriously. And that's where I come back to the clowns and the balloon yeah. animals and everything else. <laughs> and I'm just laughing think, so that I don't cry. I, I think Matthew's in spirit of this episode too, because he, he drops in sarcasm there. But yeah, it, it, when, you, when you see that um, sort of like come across it, that's where the mind travels to, right? The, you know, you can't expect competency from the White Sox as an organization because We've seen the clown show roll on for years and years and years. Matthew, I appreciate your sarcasm and, and helping out uh, the, the Sunday fun day content here. I hope you're enjoying a beer just like we are, because uh, our advice yeah. to you is to start drinking heavily. Yeah, I, I you know, I hope everybody's getting a good laugh um, out of this. And then Besnick brings up a good point. And then it's, you know, you, you go back to I think everybody's at some point asked themselves this. Why do I put myself through this? Why, you know, why do I continue to support this team? Even if it's just an expression of frustration moments after a loss or something detrimental happening, right? But we go back and he says, I'll take whatever baseball they give me this year because I'll miss it in January when I'm freezing my ass off. That's what our guy Sox and Sane says. And that's, 
where we're at too. So we just want to put it into perspective here and damn it. Winning is fun. Losing is not fun. We want to be back on the winning side here, Tony. So I think it's time to look ahead a little bit. We've done a lot of reminiscing here um, and take a look at the Philadelphia Phillies coming into town. And Hey, Zach Wheeler, a guy who spurned the White Sox, maybe, you know, familial decision there at play. We all know what kind of went down, but in free agency, stayed on the East Coast instead, signed with the Philadelphia Phillies. He's getting the start for the Phillies in game one, whenever that may be. I know there's some weather coming in, so that's uh, Monday or Tuesday. We shall see. But game one of the series will be Zach Wheeler versus Lance Lynn here. Need some bounce back from Lance, and it would feel really good to go and stick it to Zach Wheeler. How much ZZ Top can you listen to between now and first pitch? So I think you need the This Is ZZ Top Spotify playlist. You need at least three hour-and-a-half YouTube live shows, right? Um, maybe the re-release of Trace Hombres, the remastered version, and Eliminator remastered, too. That's probably what we need to employ here. Now, if you're listening to this, there's probably some sleep in between, but, I mean, that might be the plan I'm on because there's no amount of vibes that you can try and, like, package together to bring positive energy back to fear the beard at this moment. I'm really worried about our guy, Lance. I don't know about you. I'm I'll, really worried I'll, about I'll dial it back a little bit there because I think a lot of people – what still stuck in their mind when he took the mound in Minnesota was what happened in the series finale against the giants. I think that's where a lot of people's minds went to, especially when you see the long ball in what was that the first and second innings off of him. After that, he ramped it up to a tune of 10 strikeouts. And I know Steve brought up the point about declining velocities and how will Lance be able to work around that? Is he going through a dead arm period all that kind of stuff. I understand the concerns there, but the what we saw last year when he obviously wasn't fully himself because shit, he didn't start the season on time. When he finally did work into a bit of a groove there, what was he using? He was using curveballs and what cutters, cut fastball, and that having some good movement. So if he can replicate that to miss bats like he was in Minnesota, obviously need to dial it in from the start there. I'm not as, I would say, down on Lance as some maybe right now. The reason I'm worried a little bit more about Lance, you bring up some really valid points. The reason I'm more worried about him is the White Sox, A, bullpen, and B, bats in some of these late innings. And, and we completely glossed over, Johnny, how wonderful of a ball game that was on Saturday that we all got to take in. Because, again, it's sort of – you know, you're only as good as your last envelope. So we we gloss over the late inning heroics that happened. And, and there's some some real positives that you can take away from that baseball game. But that said, I'm sort of worried about that sort of like one out of three thing. And if right. Lance Lynn's pitching is going to get us through there, he, he he's not going to be able to do it alone. And Lance isn't the type of guy that normally is able to go out there and give you eight innings of shutout baseball and sort of just hand it over to a bonafide closer right now. There's going to be a few road bumps along the way. There's going to be some road bumps along the way. And I, I feel like it doesn't give him in all honesty, it does not give him enough room yeah, to work, like, to be effective. Like no margin like for if, error. Right. Right. And and when you're pitching like that for a lot of major league baseball pitchers, not just this isn't just a Lance Lynn problem. You can see it with Lucas Giolito. Fuck, you saw it with Dylan Seeds today. That shouldn't even be a problem. It's almost like he's overexposed in this environment. Case in point, that last start. I think most people would look at that final line, and you can probably look at that yeah, final line that, and yeah. say, that's, that's all you need to do. Yeah, when you look at Why it, isn't object, it in the objectively of, yeah, objectively about how a pitcher's performance looked overall on the day. What, like the six, I believe he went in that one with the 10 strikeouts, the three runs you could probably live with at that point after the rest of the shutdown after yeah. that, but not being able to put the other facets of the game together. It goes back to our, our point about the diagram um, that you had brought up there. So 
I get, go back to bats here and getting after Zach Wheeler, please, please, please. Steve wanted to share this too. We we talked about it a little bit at the game, just looking ahead to this week with Philadelphia coming to town and it's man got an opportunity finally to get at this guy. Please make it hurt. That's what I, I want to see more fireworks. I want to, you know, make him <laughs> think twice about it because I don't know if the Phillies are they're They're not off to the start. They want either this year. So you got to remember that. Don't be the team that gives them their turnaround. Yeah. Don't be the team that does it. Be the team that takes Zach Wheeler and makes him look like a fool for not signing with the Chicago White Sox. That's what you want. Right. I I mean, you go and look at past years and he's probably happy about <laughs> not you know, seeing uh, what the hell went down, especially especially <laughs> laughing so we don't cry. Yeah. Let's get yeah, it. Yeah, laughing so we don't cry here. Um, but you know, that that's just kind of setting the stage for this thing. Um I, you know, weather's gonna roll through. So um I think just looking at a forecast, it doesn't I don't know if there's gonna be a window on Monday, Tony. I think it's going to have to come down to a double header Tuesday because once again, the balance schedule is great in that it brings new opponents that you wouldn't see normally. And I do like that aspect of it, but like you had the point that you made, you're probably going to see some longer delays in terms of things and them wanting to just get the games in because if you have to start piling up some rainouts here, scheduling later in the season is going to be a nightmare. Yeah, from a logistical standpoint, Johnny, I think, and I think I prefaced it this way as well, there's some positives and negatives here. One, you're going to see less rainouts, which means, you know, especially towards the end of series on non-interdivisional opponents, um, you're going to see them wait these rainouts out like you did today, where traditionally with last year's schedule and, and most of the years prior, you would see them sort of kick the can down the road and say, let's schedule this for a more favorable time, you know, two months from now when such and such team comes back um, playing you for another series. But you look at the opponents the White Sox have faced so far, guys like San Francisco and uh, Baltimore and some of these other teams um, that are rolling in through uh, guaranteed rate field, they don't come back. Um, and it's really hard to schedule these in on off days. So you'll see a longer rain delay. Now, if it's the first game of a series, obviously they're going to try and stack some double headers. I love double headers. I don't know about you, Johnny. I, I do love myself a good double header. You've got the full day to do it. I like it. Yeah. I, I think, you know, that'll play to the benefit sort of if you've got bad weather on those early games. But it's really interesting to me how they scheduled this year with a loud, like, just so many opponents that are outside of a number one, the AL central, like we've only seen the Minnesota twins so far. You would think that only they one would we'll sort see of, April, yeah. yeah, sort of bookend the season when you've got unfavorable weather with your divisional opponents that you can uh, work around some of these rainouts and, and move them throughout the season. But I don't think that baseball has the ability to let a game like today rain out when you've got unfavorable weather conditions at a stadium because it's going to be a logistical nightmare to try and make some of these games up. So I think we're in store for some longer delays. means you will get baseball on the day that you thought you'll get baseball, but you might be sitting there listening to uh, rain delay theater for two or three hours uh, before that takes place. Whereas in the past, it would be... uh, you know, kick it to tomorrow and you can get on with your day. Yeah, right. Um, you got good points there all around. I got it. That brings up the question then, since we're looking at a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday scheduled series here. Say Monday gets, gets uh, you know, stamped out by rain. Uh, it's Like I said, forecast not looking good. We, we'll, we'll find out more tomorrow. Say it does, though. Let's just play hypotheticals here. You go Tuesday, first Tuesday home game of the year, Tony, because they're off if you remember in that giant series for their makeup, you know, scheduled off day for makeup if they needed to for the home, home opener. So you've got first $5 Tuesday of the season. Will that apply to both games? Will it apply at all? I don't know. And this is where it starts to, you, you know, call your marketing team you, into you, question. You, yeah. <laughs> you you want to know what happened today? You want more jokes? Want yeah. Good, let's you want go. Hear a good joke. I went up to buy a beer in the middle of the fifth inning and they said it was already cut off. They already closed off the marketplace. Taps were off of the beer stands. 
and you could only get food at the concession stands. I would have bought a rally beer. I would have given Jerry some money, bought a rally beer, try to get the offense going, but no can do. There was a rain delay. He already made his nut during the two hours that people were in the ballpark before, or two and a half, three, whatever the fuck it was. That's a good joke. <laughs> were they still selling balloon animals? Yeah, I bet you probably had to go to the 500 level for that. The 500 level bar was probably serving on more balloon animals than they yeah. were beers after the fifth inning today. Yeah. That just, yeah, that that takes the cake. As they it was, say, it was insane. Like I said, we we like our rally beers here. It sucks on tap. I, I, I was, was throwing in rallies in. I mean, I, was, I guess that's the benefit from watching the game at home. Sometimes right. is there's no cutoff right on the alcohol, but for all intents and purposes, what was the rationale behind that? Did they yeah, give you anything? Was it just like, all right, we're, we're done for the day. Yeah, I just went up at this. I saw the marketplace was closed, but they were like restocking some stuff in there. So I was like, okay, they probably don't want people in there while they have like a cart of, you know, beverages and chips and stuff like that out. So I was like, okay, that makes sense. What I'm talking like is like a beggar stand next to it. And then that's right. I said, okay, oh, I just get a Coors Light and like, nope, all sales done. I just shook my head and walked away. I didn't. Did they make any announcement? I did. I no. Did they make any announcement that they were going to close these earlier? That's just like oh, well. things just started. Uh, you know, closing up shop and like thinking like the seventh inning, Steve had to settle for a pretzel because hot dogs are no longer being served. So, <laughs> it's, it's, it's your experience there at the ball, old ballpark today. I will say the pregame was fun though because we saw the update that it was going to be a delayed start. So Steve and I had had ourselves a nice little party out and not be hanging out in the car drinking a bunch of beer so that was that was well, okay. i'm glad you guys got to enjoy the pregame but uh, it seems like the concession stand worker sort of quit at the same time the white Sox did then. yeah yeah that's, that's about right yeah maybe they lasted a few more innings because obviously the bats just went to sleep they put them back in the clubhouse after the first inning so i wonder yeah. if any other baseball fandom goes through like weird intricacies like that. Yeah, in other places we're getting sales extended to the yeah. eighth and ninth, but I'm I'm probably the bad guy here for uh, calling it out in extenuating circumstances because it was a rain delay and we already had the park open and can only serve for X amount of hours. And don't give me that bullshit. If you're gonna play like shit out of the field, at least let me drink through it. <laughs> Should have bought a couple. Last little point that I have here. Yesterday in uh, the marketplace they ran out of the uh i believe they're 16 ounce Coors lights it was a pleasant surprise for Ooh, me yeah, the big they sold yeah. 24s in the there boys, yeah yeah our, our guy and one of them i got our guy andrew kinsler tried to come over and say hello to me the other day and uh he's like hey do you need a beer and i thought there was a rain delay coming on saturday so i sort of stocked myself and i was like no man like i've got close to 50 ounces of beer to drink in like three innings of baseball here. And uh, yeah, I was, I was pleasantly surprised with that. I haven't seen any of those real big boys out there uh, until got, at this point. Did, yeah. Were they around last year? Maybe I'm no, just naive, no. but no, no, there were 16 ounces last year, but I got, I got one on Saturday as well. Very convenient for the pitch clock. I must say. Yeah. Very convenient. That, that, so that's a good move there. So we're doing like the, uh, um, sandwich, the compliment sandwich, but reverse. We'll tell you something yes. shitty about you, but then something good. And then we'll continue with more shitty stuff. Glad, glad Jerry got some pallets of those coming in. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Wraps up ballpark experience here. Anything, uh, on this series looking ahead here? I, I got one thing and I just want to make it known that. I understand where fans are it, with when you go and watch this product. It feels like nothing's changed. I don't know about you. When I go out to the ballpark, I don't want to fall back into 2022 dread just yet. And this is still only our second. This will be our third home series. Now we just wrapped up the second, but still only the third home series here. Still bring the energy, you know, that's, that's what I want to see. And I tried to do that. Try to get the boys going, try to, get rally beers i've said they cut that off on me but you know what i'm saying bring the good vibes that you you were all about that last year to try and keep things afloat right and it's not that you should have blind faith but i would commend you to go out and still enjoy yourself at the game have a good time and cheer the boys on that, that's where i'd be and it can be something that may jumpstart you because you're going to have a tough road trip coming up consisting of six games that has the red hot Tampa Bay rays 
and the Toronto Blue Jays, who have a thunderous lineup. And it's going to be a tough road trip. But if you can go and take a series, get your first series win here, maybe you start to build a little bit of confidence and some of this dread slips off. Or maybe it's at least kicking the can down the road. Whatever we can do, I'm for that. And that's what I want to see. So I will be bringing the energy Tuesday, my lone game of this Philly series. I'm looking forward to it. I know Steve's planning on being out there a couple of days. So that, that, that would just be my last kind of thought here for this Sunday fun day. Johnny, I love hearing what you're bringing to the table here. You bring up, you know, the the positivity from last year. It's, it's very interesting that you um, have said all the words that you've said, but I, I'm sitting here right now, honestly, I'm like sort of going through this identity White Sox crisis that I'm having because I don't, like I said, I, I don't know if I've been more negative about this team, but one of the reasons why I tried to be so, positive with the 2022 White Sox, even down to the end, you brought up a couple of points of um, where a lot of people probably thought it was over before I thought it was over um, was because I, I've, I'm a true believer in positive thinking yields positive results. And I would be naive to sit here and think that, you know, the guys on the field don't hear this shit. They hear you in the stands. They probably see you on social media in, in, in certain circumstances. They're as tuned in to anything. I mean, it's their job. The same way that, you know, anybody else shows up to their job and sort of looks at, you know, what's going on and certain things that affect it. And I think that a well, negative Tony energy is... did a terrible job patching servers this week. Yeah, exactly. Like, right. <laughs> if, if I saw that in my day-to-day job, I'd be like, well, like, why the fuck am I even trying? Like, go ahead, hack yeah. that server, right? Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> it, it sort of, it it sort of lends to the end result when you have that negative energy towards anything. I fully endorse your message, but right now, where I am at as a White Sox fan, I just want to burn it all fucking down. Right, like, I'm I, just I totally, there. I totally. I, get- I, I get that. Can I'm I just, at that moment. I'll interject one last thing, and this will kind of send us off into the sunset here tonight. Coming into the series, two, six, and ten teams that are underachieving of where they should be in fan in sports towns with hostile fans that are passionate, energetic, want to see their teams do well. Ride or die fans, right? Two of them are six and ten. Which team is going to come out on top of this? And I want the White Sox to be the one. I do on top of that, because guess what? I'm sure I want to send Philly as we're having our meltdowns here on socks on tap. I want to send, you know, Philly sports radio into an absolute spiral about how last year was just a fluke for them. And this team's cooked. I want us to be the ones that deliver that to them. Inflict the damage. Don't take it. (laughs) I love that statement. I love what you just said there. Inflict damage. Don't take it. I don't want to be here in this in the state that I am, Johnny. I know you know that I don't want You're to be bad. Here in You're the state bad that I am. Could I be worse? Probably, but you're you're pretty low for your for your where, where your baseline is, you know. Yeah. Hover, hovering pretty pretty far below that today. That's true. They you're, haven't done anything like the Blackhawks <laughs> to piss me off. So you're you're wearing shades so they don't see the tears in your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> You got jokes. <laughs> I I told everyone I was going to be telling jokes here on Sox on Tap Sunday Funday, so I hope everyone at least could appreciate that today. You got jokes. We're 15 minutes over your target time, Johnny. So let's let's uh, let's get this closed down. Yeah. Thank you to everybody who tuned in. I know our guy Brian right below me has a, has a comment that we're going to read out here. Yeah. Uh, when you uh, join uh, the stream, we appreciate it. Make sure you go and hit the like button there and subscribe on tap sports on YouTube. Uh, that way it helps in the YouTube algorithm uh, helps on tap content there. Uh, if you're on tap sports that we would appreciate it. If you go and do that. Um, we appreciate all of our listeners tuning in, chiming in with your comments. We had some great discussion in here tonight. Um, we're here to event through this thing, whatever it may be. And Hey, let's hopefully celebrate some of these uh, in the upcoming, like I said, inflict that damage this upcoming series positive vibes at home that's what i'm hoping for um as we ride off here on socks on tap sunday fun day so tony until next time white socks forever white socks forever